With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Live and direct to you from Los Angeles, California. Having a little technical difficulties here because we're actually on the roof again. I wanted to get some air with you guys and have some fun. What's been happening out there? I haven't talked to you in a while. You're supposed to come on at 6 o'clock, but we weren't able to get a connection from where we were at because we was on location doing a movie. And there was too much interference from the generators, like we're back in the old country out in the village. Then we wanted to rock at 8 o'clock, and we still couldn't get a connection. So I decided to leave the setting go up to the top of uh, this building, which is about two blocks from where we're shooting. It's actually on the top of where I live. Little sister out here, was, uh, Musa was out here hanging out. Musa was going out. Hope you had a good time. It was hard seeing her leave. People, what's been happening? You know what today's show is. What's it about? It's called a DRC, What Now? Where are we going to go? We had elections uh took place a couple of days ago. Um, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Seems to be a little infighting among the advocates. Seems to be a little finger pointing among the advocates, and seems to be a lot of finger pointing and oppression, murdering, and killing back in the old country of Congo. And at what point is this madness going to end? At what point is this madness going to end? We have to give a little backstory for some of our people that um, aren't really aware of what's been going on in the DRC for some time now. We might have to go back to 2007. It's been very difficult because I'm seeing. Me personally, I'm seeing a lot of – it's very disheartening what I'm seeing out there in the community of advocates right now. We have people back home put, you know, in DRC putting their lives on the line. Yeah, we have too many people here fighting amongst each other. And, you know, some people seem to feel that, you know, there's an agenda behind some of my words, but there's really no agenda beyond giving a voice to the voices back home. And we have to figure out a way to unite among each other so we can stop this killing. We're at 8 million dead right now, about 30,000, 35,000 being killed and dying a month. And it seems like we've, we've lost our way. We've written on panels. We've, we, we, I'm sorry, we speak, we've spoken on panels, sit on panels, wrote on articles, done TV shows, done interviews, have advocated, have marched, and what have you, and the killing has still, not, has still not come to an end. And there seems to be a disconnect between us over here and those back home, I think, a lot. Actually, I'm, kind of, I'm convinced that many back home think they're – um, protesting by themselves. They're wondering where the Congolese are living in the United States, where the Congolese are living in Europe, why they're so quiet in our times of need. And we have to figure out a way of changing that. I think we've lost our way in terms of remembering who the enemy is. The enemy isn't these organizations out here that are pushing legislation. The enemy isn't those folks out there who are marching trying to make a difference. The enemy is those who think their voice is the only voice for Congo and think their position is the only position for Congo and think that anybody that goes counter to those positions is wrong. It doesn't make a difference if we all get along. It doesn't make a difference if we, if we all have the same thought or different thoughts. The thing that gets down is that we have to understand as Congolese, and this is for the Congolese, not the non-Congolese. This is for the Congolese out there, those who really give a damn about the freaking country. We have to put our differences aside and say, look, what, how can we unite and defend our country? 
There may be issues among our Jewish brothers and sisters in their community when it comes down to defense of Israel, they're there. But it seems like when it comes to the issue of Congo, this voice says, you know, I'm the person. This voice says, no, I'm the person. This voice says, your voice means nothing because you don't have this. Another thing along the lines is this Dodd-Frank issue, which is attracting um, a lot of attention in reference to the minerals back at uh, the mineral situation back home. It was very interesting that a lot of these people out there who are saying that minerals aren't the issue for Congo are the very same people who got notoriety when they first started in the game of talking about minerals as the issue for Congo. Now, with Dodd Frank, it talked about you know preventing minerals being from so, uh, preventing minerals from being sold from DRC. What that has resulted is that a lot of the minerals have been smuggled into Rwanda, which a lot of us said was going to happen, and it's being stamped coming from Rwanda and is being sold from there. Now, the funny thing is that all of these minerals that Rwanda is selling, including the 100 tons that they had to sell back or give back to Congo, they don't normally they don't uh, have in their own country. Yet no one seems to be questioning where they're getting these minerals from. No one seems to be questioning who's stamping these minerals in Rwanda. And no one seems to be questioning why there's no movement to, bar, to ban minerals coming from Rwanda. We can't rely on everybody else to do the work for us. We have to start taking it upon ourselves to make a difference in our country. Now, you know, people want to say President Obama talked about no big men. It has to be about um, the idea. Okay, fine. We have Dodd-Frank. Let that do what it does. Now, we have Congolese have to take the next step further. The issue isn't the, isn't the minerals in terms of um, who's calling the gun. The issue is other Africans and Congolese that sold us out that's not really thinking about their own agenda. They're not thinking about anybody else's agenda but their own. We have to understand that it's our country. We have to put our life on the line. We have to put our voice on the line. We can't bitch, moan, and act like a bunch of bitches when someone says something that we don't believe in. We can't have these people out there who don't have our interests at heart. Their only interest is using Congo to elevate themselves. Screw them. We also have to understand it's very hard to sleep at night when your salaries, your rent, your, your, your cost of living, and all those kind of things only exist because one of us is dying and getting killed and getting raped and getting murdered and getting conscripted into the military. I mean, how can a person sleep peacefully at night, go to the club, have a great time, and saying we're doing this for the people back home in Congo, and at the end of the month able to pay that rent, that phone bill, and things like that, and not ask themselves if because they're dying, I actually have a lifestyle here. There's a disconnect among us, and we have to bring that way. I don't have all the answers. Some people go around thinking that I'm saying that I have all the answers, but I've never said I had all the answers. What I want to know is what do you think, what do you think we should do, what are your ideas to the agenda? Our responsibility is to those back home whose voice we have to save, whose voice we have to articulate in their words. People are running around talking about there can't be a military solution to DRC, but we had numerous peace dialogues or dialogue. We have, uh, what, Lusaka, Sun City, the Accords, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to, if you can't defend the country, then what's the point of saying you have a country? A military will defend a country. Yes, a strong military will help prevent, will help prosper a strong country. You don't see no one invading the United States uh, recently or even Russia. But, again, we can have the military. We can have the peaceful dialogue. It can coexist in this world of advocacy for DRC. But the problem is that if people going around acting as though they're the, the white dove for Congo, then sometimes you have to wonder if they're just saying that so they can get their money from their liberal friends out there. Because, you know, if they came out sounding like the armed wing of the ANC, their funding would dry up and they go back to being nobody. I remember Underworld when Lucius is talking to Craven. Craven's the vampire. Lucian is, the, uh, is the, the, the lichen. And he says to Craven, because Craven's trying to do a power deal where he takes power in the vampire nation, Michael, uh, Lucian says to him, without me, you'd be nothing. Without my sacrifice, you'd be nothing. We have to understand and sit back and really look in the mirror and sit back and think to ourselves, most of these organizations would be nothing. The people that run these organizations would be nothing without our country being the way it is. Because the minute Congo becomes the, the, the China of Central Africa, which a lot of people are afraid of, which it was to the point when it was at the time when it was Zaza, Zaire, I'm sorry, then most of these people have to go back and find another cause. Now, what's going to happen then? The issue is for our country, people. That's all that matters. The only reason why I do what I do is for our country. What you do, what you do, hopefully it's for our country. But, you know, you only know what's your heart. I don't know what's in your heart. But right now we really have to make a difference what's going on. Let's go a little bit back here. to uh, We have to go a little history here because I think some people aren't really sure um, how these things came about. We have to go back to approximately 2007, I think, will be a good place to start because, you know, it's really painful when you see what's happening to DRC. It hurts my spirit personally when I see what's happening to my country. 
And I sometimes wonder if people out there actually give a fuck, excuse my language, but I have to say it, about what's going on, or they're just thinking about themselves. Let's go back to 2005 when Journeyman Productions, Journeyman Pictures, did a special on DRC. Let's let's give it a ride. Well, that's not good. <laughs> Let's go another cast here. Hey, do you have that clip uploaded that has to do with Kabila reelected as opposition Christ file? Let's see if we can get that running. If we can't get that running, then we definitely have some technical issues going on tonight. All right, let's see what we can get here. Joseph Kabila has won re-election in the Democratic Republic of Congo in provisional results slammed by the opposition as totally unacceptable. President for a decade, Kabila got 49% of the vote against 32% for rival Etienne Chisakedi, according to electoral authorities. The results still need ratifying by the Supreme Court. But the challenger's camp says it has no faith in the credibility of the tribunal. And amid opposition claims of vote rigging, Chisa Kedi has declared himself elected president of the deeply divided country. Human rights groups say at least 18 people have been killed in election-related violence so far. More bloodshed is now feared, despite tight security in Kinshasa. Last month's poll was meant to move the Democratic Republic of Congo towards stability after years of conflict and turmoil. That seems a long way off. People, DRC, which way now? What are we going to do? We have a divided country. We have divided. We have a divided uh, leadership. In reference to a lot of people are saying that President Chesaketti is. As I just articulated, the president of DRC. People are saying that President Joseph Kabila is the president of DRC. There was a conversation that took place some time ago on TV. I believe it was. Uh, it escapes me at this moment what the station was. It was on TV to Africa with uh, Mr. Shaka Sali uh, when he interviewed Ambassador Faita back in 2011 of November, I believe it was. Yes. So let's give a little interview here. Let's give a little listen to the interview and get your comments. Send me an email. Send me a chat. You can reach out to me, um, 646-595-2892, 646-595-2892. We'll see if we can get the chat room flowing. It's going to be a blind chat, so that way you won't see anybody else in the room. It'll just be yourself, so you can um, avoid the arguments. Let's hear this uh, interview that took place November 2011 on TV2 Africa. Shaka Sly, he interviewed Ambassador Faida Matifu, Congress Ambassador to the United States. A little bits and pieces of what he said, but yes, yes. I just wanted to to comment a little bit on your your question about the size of the country, about the change of the constitution. Yes, you know the maybe the beauty and maybe the downside of democracy is that people choose uh, the majority win, and um, you don't always make everybody happy. There is no way you can make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing is there was no uh, rules that were violated. An amendment was introduced in the parliament. It passed in the parliament uh, to have just one round of election. Um, so w- w- when we talk about the size of the country, um, we are right now in a country that is much bigger, much larger than the DRC, uh, that has its own political dispensation. And uh, the most important thing is that the people of the Congo, if they can exercise uh, their democratic rights, their right to elect their leaders, mm-hmm. I believe that's the most important thing. It's up to each leader based on the results of the election, to form government that he sees fit to advance his or her vision. I think that's what is most important here. Uh, For the people of the Congo, they want to see development. They want to see food security. They want to have access uh, to education. They want to have access to health. And many of those things can cannot be accomplished uh, without an adequate infrastructure. When you have infrastructure, 
then you can develop agriculture, for instance, and fight food security. When you have electricity, then you can create industry, and with that you create more jobs. And everything lies in the vision of the leadership of the country. And as long as people participated in the selection of their leader. Wait a minute, uh, Ambassador Mitifu. First of all, we do know, frankly, that uh, democracy means a government of the people. By the pe we know that uh, democracy simply means a government of the people, by the people, for the yes. people. What about in a situation like yours now, where someone might tell you, frankly, that uh, it is a sort of democracy of some people, by some people, and for some people, especially when it comes to the amendment of the Constitution, even, you say, even though you say, and you are right, that it was legal because it was done legislatively, but that in fact that is one way of perhaps using the law to undermine democracy. I don't think it was undermining democracy. Congo is not the only country in the world uh, that uh, today has uh, a one round uh, of election. No, there are, there are several countries, there's no question about it, but uh, a lot of them, you, you bear with me, frankly, that uh, they are very, very small countries. I'm sorry, Elijah? A lot of them will be I'm probably very small countries. I'm sorry. Yes, can yeah. you repeat that again? Yeah, I was saying that, yes, you are right. You are right in saying that uh, there are so many countries around the world, actually, which do have a one round of elections. Uh, but the last time I checked, uh, a lot of them actually... Um, are really not uh, that very huge, and if they are very huge, they are, in terms of democracy, they are very suspect. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the United States has one round of elections. They yes. have the primary elections, and then they have one general election. It's much bigger than the Democratic Republic of the Congo, for instance. No, I, I agree. But then again, when we look at the elections that uh, take place in this country, frankly, and the elections that... Uh, takes place uh, in a lot of other countries, surely there is uh, a difference. The, the most important thing is to, to have people select their leaders. There is a democratic process in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. It may not be perfect, but it's something, it's a process. I mean, this is our second general election. It's still a very young democracy, but at least it's a democracy. People, what are your thoughts on that? That was Ambassador Faita in, in being interviewed by uh, TV2 Africa's Shaka Sali, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. What are your thoughts on that? Um, technically, it's actually our third election. I think one of our brothers brought this up some time ago that there was an election when, back in the days of independence, where it was decided that President Kosovo would be the President of the United States. President of the United States, my God, it's the medication. I'm so tired. President Kasavubu would lead the DRC, and Brother Lumumba would be prime minister. Though a lot of people, for some reason, keep thinking that um, Lumumba was the leader of the DRC. He was the prime minister. So technically, this is actually our third election. But what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, if some people understand what he's talking about, the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the legislation that was changed, uh, it was pushed through before the election is that instead of having two rounds where if someone didn't win the majority of the first round, they'd have to have a runoff election between the top two vote-getters. What was uh, pushed through was that there would only be one round, and it would be essentially winner-take-all. So if you have, you know, if someone got 30% of the vote and he got the highest percentage or she got the highest percentage, that person was elected president. In this case, I believe President Joseph Kabila received 49.1 of the vote, and pres uh, the challenger, Etienne Jessicetti, received 39.7%, if I'm correct, uh, of the vote. So that's where it stood, and that's where it stands. And right now, to my latest information, President, uh, President I keep saying this because I've heard so much of uh, Etienne Chesiketti referred to as President. Etienne Chesiketti uh, is under house arrest, and uh, some of the supporters are being beat up, and it looks like things might be getting a little darker before they get better. People, let's take a quick commercial break here, have a little fun here. Uh, if you a break, go do what you have to do. People battle L.A. for home, country, and family.
for home, country, and family. Battle LA. People, DRC, what now? What are we going to do? We're going to keep protesting. We're going to keep running our mouths. We're going to keep arguing among ourselves. What are we going to do? We have 8 million dead. Does anyone give a damn out there about those numbers? I mean, think about it. And we have dead and dying. It's been estimated that in our country of DRC, we have $23 trillion in the ground of our country. Now, when people say the conflict minerals um, isn't the issue of Congo, well, when was the last time Namibia got invaded? We have to stop this, this, this nonsense and realize what our responsibility is, and that's to give a voice to our people who are dying back home and who are putting their life on the line. They're not getting up at 5 o'clock and going home and going shopping. They're not getting up at 5 o'clock and going home and getting dressed to go to the happy hour. They're not, on the, they're not, they're, you know, they're not at work getting up at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, whatever, and walking down to the bank, get some money out, go to the editing company, pay their bill, or go do some shopping or go buy a phone or whatever. They're putting their life on the friggin' line, and we are bitching and moaning and acting like a bunch of friggin' spineless cowards by pointing the fingers at people who are actually trying to, get, you know, do something back home because they give a damn. We have to stop looking for hidden agendas because we are negative within our own minds. We have eight friggin' million dead Congolese that aren't coming back. What's it going to take? Which way now, DRC? And I'm talking about the Congolese outside the country because they seem to act like they're the ones that are suffering. You know, it's going on right now about, you know, Zuma's uh, nephew has a, has a uh, company coming out of uh, Joburg. And right now he's, ex- he's uh, exploring oil in our country. And it's kind of funny that South Africa, the land of apartheid and Mandela, you know, the guy that sold us out, do your research, he sold us out. Um, and Steve Biko and stuff like that are making these behind-the-scene deals to get the dam um, as part of a joint project to uh, build it. You know, this is the dam in Geely, that the, the dam, am I pronouncing it right? Or am I pronouncing it wrong? I'm not pronouncing it correctly, right? Okay. The dam in Kinshasa that can power all of Africa and still send power off to Egypt, I mean to Egypt, to, uh, to Europe. Yet it's kind of funny if you're living across the street from the dam, you don't have power. They have, like, we don't have rolling, we don't have brownouts. We have rolling blackouts at any moment, sometimes two or three blocks at a time. Then on top of that, in a place that's as agriculturally rich as our country, we're inputting food and relying on these NGOs to feed us. Because what's happening is that if I have four kids, the oldest will eat today, the youngest won't eat today. But tomorrow the youngest will eat, and the oldest, will, the oldest uh, won't eat. That's what's going on right now. Do any of these people out there who are actually Congolese remember what it was like under Mobutu? I'm not saying bring Mobutu back. I'm not saying it wasn't corruption. I'm not saying things was everything righteous. But I don't remember us starving to friggin' death in Kinshasa or in Kivu or in Bujimai. And you can take that and run with it and say what you want, but people, it's really irritating that we have forgotten who the enemy is. It's not a fellow Congolese who's trying to advocate for the DRC. It's those folks out there who are attacking the fellow Congolese who's advocating for the DRC. Either one, because they're Congolese, or two, because they don't agree with what they're saying. Come on, people. Give me a break. It's not about us. It's about the voiceless back home. Okay? It's about the voiceless back home. Euro News talked about this on December 9, 2011. One country where two men believe their president. These are supporters of incumbent Joseph Kabila. In power for a decade, he's been re-elected in the Democratic Republic of Congo's poll in provisional official results. But as they celebrate the 49% of the vote he won, according to electoral authorities, his challenger is crying foul. Results giving 32% to Etienne Chisakedi in the formal declaration have been rejected by the opposition as totally unacceptable. And amid their claims of vote rigging in last month's poll, Chisakedi has declared himself elected president. His supporters have been venting their anger in Kinshasa amid reports of clashes with security forces and shooting. 
I don't agree with this victory, considering that the day of the vote, we saw that the majority of Congolese people were for Chisakedi, he says. We're really disappointed. The Supreme Court has yet to ratify the results of a poll meant to bring stability after years of turmoil. But with Chisakedi's camp saying it has no faith in the tribunal, the post-election crisis is set to continue. It's going to continue, people. So DRC, my Congolese, which way are we going to go? Is it, you can't say shit because your livelihood is depending on 8 million dead Congolese? Is that the situation? Then how can you sleep at night? We have to make a difference. Excuse my language, but, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when, when things get grimy, you can't worry about people's feelings when it comes to the articulation of someone's thought. So which way now? What are we going to do? I'll say it again. We've sat on panels. We've written articles for all these newspapers out there. We've been on television. We have marched. We've done everything. Now Dodd-Frank is, is passed, and people are attacking that now. What, what, do, you, what, what do we want? Once, you know, I'm still waiting to see a, a, a march in front of the Rwandan embassy in D.C. or the Uganda embassy in D.C. or even the U.S. State Department or whatever. But I, I haven't seen that. But yet I see people quick to point out and call out other Congolese or call out other, other organizations, but those organizations didn't, offend, didn't, didn't attack our country. They didn't invade us. People want to say this person has blood on their hands, this person has blood on their hands. Well, you have blood in your, in, in your pocket and your cell phone. You want to give that up? So DRC, which way now? What are we going to do? Which way are we going to go? Come on, people. Our people are dying. Our people are dying out there. And we're acting like, you know, we're too busy pointing fingers at each other. It's getting ridiculous, man. What are we going to do? Now they're trying to call out Brother uh, Dikembe Motombo. I'm going to do a show on that, probably Friday or Saturday, something like that. But I'm going to do a show on that. But I think it's very interesting how people are quick to report on Dikembe Motombo allegedly involved in this deal, allegedly involved in that deal. Well, you know, unlike a lot of people pointing fingers and talking and running their, 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 their mouths about it, he actually did something back in Congo. He built a hospital in Kinshasa. What have you built? Our sister, Noelle Cosaris, she opened up a beautiful girls' school, supported her people. Our brother, Joseph Mbangu, is running a marathon to help raise money for that school. We have Edu Congo with my younger brother, Lucasar and Yanga, you know, doing our program back home with our, with our Tonton Raja back home. When you're bitching in the morning, what have you built back home? What initiative have you done? People go around saying, well, I sent $20. We get financial assistance and stuff like that, or we've made a donation to this. No. What have you done that when I land on the ground in Congo in June of this year, I'm going, people. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm gone. Be there for a little while. See what's up. That I can say, yo, show me this. What have you done besides complain, bitch, and moan? Now, my advocates out there, Noel Casares, Joseph Mbangu, Leisha Balela, the next generation of Leisha Bulela, Ndaya, uh, Mwamba, Kayowa, uh, Solange, the crew, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our generation. All those folks out there. Run for, run for Women in Con uh, Congo International. Vava out there in Europe. Save the Congo and stuff like that. I ain't talking about you folks because you all get down as it has to get down. You attend the meetings. You make about the DRC. The people... We're over 8 million dead. Does anybody give a damn? Or is it really about let Congo keep suffering so I can make my rent? Come on, people. What's going on? You are, you are news. DRC talked about this back in January. Disputed presidential elections in the Democratic Republic of Congo have led to clashes in Brussels. About 30 people were arrested after protests in an area of the city known as Matonge, which has a high number of Congolese residents. Shop windows were smashed and cars set on fire. On the streets of the DRC's capital, Kinshasa, supporters of the president's challenger, Etienne Shisekedi, were angry Joseph Kabila had been declared the winner and called him a Rwandan, a loaded accusation in the DRC. The head of the Electoral Commission on Friday declared Kabila the winner of the ballot, with nearly 49% to Shisekedi's 32. But Shisekedi is refusing to accept the result. In fact, he's gone as far as publicly saying he considers himself president, not Kabila, much to the outrage of Kabila's supporters, who protested outside the Electoral Commission headquarters and also held victory parades. The UN, US and French government are urging both sides to find a peaceful resolution. 
However, other presidential candidates have also made accusations of electoral fraud. Which way, DRC? People, which way are we going to go? And what are we going to do? Seriously, what are we going to do now? Let's take it one day at a time. Let's go with a mix here. Tupac said, DRC is in need of people that will lead and people that will bleed. You have to do believe. And I ain't trying to rhyme like my little man Congo. That he, that's how he gets down. But where's our people? You know, Chalumba. I mean, I can, Kalala. You know, Oscar. I'll, I can lay, laying it down, speaking about this. You know, now that, that this whole scandal's coming out with Brother Dikembe and um, folks out, out of Texas and corporate jets and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's, man, and I have to give the brother, I have to give brother Dikembe a benefit of the doubt because he built a hostel back home. And you know, I'm begging him to do that. He did on his own. So I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not there. I wasn't in the cut, but I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. But 
what's going on here? There's something shady in in, in the street, you know. So we gotta see what else comes up. I, you know, but I'm gonna do a show on this on Friday. I'm gonna hold out and do a show on this on Friday. I don't know if I'm gonna call yet. If you have an idea what you want to call, let me know. <laughs> but people, I'm gonna do a show on this on Friday about Brother Dikembe and the gold controversy. Might do about an hour. But come on, man. And then why is it coming out now all of a sudden? Like I mentioned on my Facebook, Sister Kayola via Kambala mentioned this weeks back. It's like, weren't people, don't people have the ears in the streets like the Congolese? Like I said, it's your big example. You want to know what's happening in Congo? Go talk to the Congolese. But no, when it pops up on Yahoo or ESPN and Nessin, oh, well, then all of a sudden, well, not Nessin, I think another station, whatever it was. But when it pops up there, oh, well, look at this big news. But Congolese was talking about this in the cut about two weeks ago. It took y'all long. Come on, people. Look, let's give another voice here to sound back home. He's a human rights defender up there in Northeast DRC. Right? He sent a message. He was appealing for help to Obama, President Obama. I believe he said in French, so for those who are non-Francophone, find a Congolese to translate for you. But let me give you, let me get, let me get, let, let me let you hear his words. You know, let's give him the love and give him the time. T- t- talk to us, brother. Son Excellence, Monsieur le Président des États-Unis, je profite de l'opportunité pour vous adresser le message des cris d'alarme de la population de Niangara. Nous avons trop souffert depuis les débuts et attaques de la LRA dans les territoires de Niangara. Nos membres de famille sont tués, d'autres sont capturés, qui se trouvent jusqu'à ces dates entre la main de la LRA dans la brousse. Nous ne savons pas s'ils sont vivants et si nous pouvons les, re- les revoir un jour. Et surtout dans les dernières attaques qui ont eu lieu à Matombo, il y a eu 345 tués à côté, les disparus et les noyés dans la rivière Ouélé. Et jusqu'ici, nous continuons à découvrir les oncements de personnes tuées et non enterrées dans les brousses. De janvier jusqu'à ce jour, les attaques continuent dans la chefferie Manziga. Et c'est ainsi que ces attaques, le bilan de ces attaques n'est pas encore établi parce que la LRA est partout dans la chefferie Manziga et les ONG locaux chargées de défense et des droits humains n'ont pas les moyens logistiques conséquents pour, pour pouvoir établir les bilans le plus vite possible. À savoir que le territoire de Niangara est enclavé. Il n'y a pas de moyens de communication pour transmettre les alertes de la population en temps opportun aux humanitaires qui puissent intervenir et aussi au gouvernement congolais. Voilà pourquoi, Monsieur le Président, nous avons souhaité vous présenter les recommandations aussi après. Mobiliser, conscientiser d'abord la communauté internationale pour mobiliser des fonds afin d'équiper les militaires qui sont sur le terrain, notamment les FARDC, la MONIC, et les PDF, sans oublier les autres forces africaines qui voudront bien venir aider la population de Niangara, en fait de mettre fin une fois pour toutes sur le phénomène LRA dans les territoires de Niangara. De deux, nous n'avons pas de moyens de communication. Il faut songer à équiper les ONG locaux en, en équipement logistique conséquent, déplacement, communication, caméra, et ainsi de suite. Nous demandons aussi une assistance pour la population autochtone de Niangara. Les déplacer, les rescapés et les ex-combattants et les rats congolais, afin que la population de Niangara puisse retrouver sa vie quotidienne comme par le passé. Nous attendons de vous, Monsieur le Président, une réponse concrète et rapide avant que toute la population de Niangara soit complètement Adamo, je suis défenseur des droits humains dans les histoires de Niangara. Je vous remercie. There's his word. Sorry about the little noise in the back, but he was standing outside giving his word into a camera. So, but the thing is, we use technology so that his words, he probably has no idea that right now people just heard his words. So we just use technology to have it to spread his words out to the people. And that's what I mean. We have to give a, a, an avenue to the voiceless. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, donations and stuff like that. I don't, I don't ask for donations. I ask for nothing. All I want is, is people's energy and love 
so we can end this because my heart hurts. And I know a lot of Congolese hurt. We have to go every day and smile and deal with it at, at a job or, you know, deal with other people's stress and drama and sit and deal with that knowing that they won't ask about what we're going through because they either can't conceive or can't believe that many of us still have a connection to our country. Because let me tell you, on the real, if Congo was the way it was supposed to be and was growing the way it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be 99, not about 90% of the Congolese population in the United States would decrease. And I'm talking about including those born here too. They'd be back home. Come here, go to school, and go back home. That's how it was on Botswana at the height when it was when uh, they were uh, exporting diamonds. Many would come here, go to school, and go back home. A lot of people aren't abroad because they want to be. They have to be. They're trying to get a living. But while we're outside the country, people are exploring our country. People they're treating our country like a two dollar hole on the street corner, and they want her to write the pimp a check. Think about it. They're treating my country like a $2 hole on the corner. And when some John walks up to her saying he wants to get some loving, he makes her pay him for it. That's how they're treating my country. Come on, man. It's getting annoying. Look, you might be hearing some stress tonight because it's a stressful situation. They're destroying our country and the Congolese with it. Come on, people. We have to make a difference. If we don't make a difference, what's the point of all this? You know what I mean? What is the point of all this? We have to make a difference. What is your idea on this whole thing? What do you think you should do? Should we just keep marching? Should we just keep protesting? What do you think we should do? It's not just about what I think. We're all in this together as Congolese. You, me, all of us are in together as Congolese. I think we need to have, like, the Million Man March. I think we have to have the only Congolese meeting, where it's just we have a meeting of the Congolese. You come to the door. If no one can verify your Congolese, you show your passport or your green card or something, and we let you in the room. We sit there, and we talk respectfully with love and say, yo, what can we do? Yo, okay, this is your strength over here. This is your strength over there. This is my strength over here. This is what I can bring to the mix. Yo, there's this sister out there in so-and-so. Yo, this is Congolais out there in Europe, in Sweden, in so-and-so. But it has to be a voice. I think Malcolm X talked about this back in the day when he used to have the brothers and the sisters have their only meeting. We have to have some kind of meeting where it's like the people that are doing stuff. It's not about creating an organization. It's not about, you know, getting donations to each other or whatever. If we want to say, hey, everybody that comes, you know, kicking 10 bucks or whatever to this, you know, to this hospital, something constructed back home, not to anything here. It could be Noella's school, uh, a mini school over there that she taught that um, she had mentioned in the conversation. It could be our school. It could be a hospital, Mama Yemba, where I was born. I think it's called a general hospital now. It could be the Kalala uh, Clinic in, in Kasai. But we have to get together in a room and say, yo, this is about us. We, have to, we need to talk. And what, says, what gets said in the room stays in the room. Because otherwise, what, 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 you know, what, what, what other people can say they care for Congo. But look, a lot of these people talking about what we need to do, they can't even affect change in their own country. So how are they going to come tell us what to do? It's like that group, um, what was it, Constituent for Africa? At the height of the slaughter, where were they at? Come on. DRC, what next? Which way are we going to go? Come on, y'all. It's not just about me. We're all in this together because Congolese, you know we can actually say this. We got people dying back home. And if we don't make a difference, what's the point of being proud and waving the flag that we're Congolese? It makes no kind of sense. In the end, it's our people who are paying the price. So what are we going to do to support them? Seriously, what are we going to do to support them? All right? Otherwise, Well, it's going to be 9 million or something like that. You know what I mean? Take a break here. Get a little move. Get a little music here. Let's ride. You got to do something. 
We got to do something. We got to stop the killing.
presidents, people saying this president, their president, that president, their president. This is not what our country was supposed to be like when we had our independence back in 1960 on June 30th. They didn't envision our country being like this, people. And maybe some people don't give a damn. I give a damn. And I know the people out there in your heart, you give a damn. But we have to figure out a strategy because what's going on isn't working. I have really no time to be stressing, you know, what people are doing when it comes to Congo. If I know they're fraudulent from the beginning. Nah, man. It's our country. People have to, we have to lead and they follow. It's not the other way around. We can't continue to ask people to help us if we know that they know we know that they're benefiting by DRC being the way it is. There has to be a voice. Whoever it may be, maybe there is. But this cannot continue where it's 9 million friggin' dead. And the only thing that comes out of it is that it allows a lot of people to have a lifestyle at their expense. I'm done. People, I want to give a shout-out to all those folks. Sabrina Moella, that crazy one up there in Canada. Ariella. Leah. No, I make sure I call you at 215. (laughs) But people... We'll do a show on this on the Kemba Groove with the gold and all that kind of stuff, see what's going on, give my information that I know, see if we can collect the connected dots. If you got some info, send it my way. You know you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. But look, the dead are gone. We know them in memory. So I want to dedicate this cut to them. It's going to take us off the air. We can't forget them. We have to make a, a difference for them because they're probably looking down and saying, why are they fighting amongst themselves? when they're not the ones that killed me. So people, psychic cast are being alive and direct. Let's take it out. The dead aren't on this earth anymore. Now they're free.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.